Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, folks. Welcome to My Millennial Property. You're with John Pigeon, and I'm joined by the great Emily Wallace. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. And we've got another female on the show today. We are joined by property stylist uh, Belinda Gannon from The Colour 8 Home. Welcome, Belinda. Thanks for having me, John and Emily. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to talk all things property styling today. So... For anyone out there, what is property styling? Well, we want to maximize the sale of our home when we're wanting to sell it. So we get someone like Belinda in and say, I do this, this and this. Um, Us males, speaking generally, definitely need a property stylist when we're selling because we need a female eye over it. Well, I do anyway. Before we get into it, however, I must shout out Wellman Finance, uh, Sean and the team in Melbourne uh, for, for sponsoring the show and basically making this thing happen as it is. So for all your uh, finance needs, whether it be refinancing homes or, or getting new home loans for your first time, uh, Sean and the team are definitely one to consider when you're wanting a broker or a sophisticated one at that. So it doesn't matter where you live around the country or even if you're over the ditch, hit him up, wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. So let's get into it. Emily, I'll start with you. You've got some banging questions for Belinda. 100%. I love speaking to stylists. Not only do they have a lot of style, but they have a lot of knowledge. And uh, certainly there's a lot of different angles of styling in property. Now, first and foremost, certainly in the field of buying property, I see a lot of styled properties. And I think the burning question is, does it make a difference? Okay, I think we know that it might, but how does it make a difference? Yes, it definitely does make a difference. The idea behind styling comes with building an emotional connection to the property for the buyer. And if you walk into a home that hasn't been styled, it's got old furniture, it looks like a rental, people are not going to fall in love with the property. You know that when you scroll through the internet and you're looking at properties online, the ones that you stop at are the ones that look beautiful, the ones that are styled more um, more with great furniture, artwork on the walls. They have an emotional kind of um, tie to them. So that's why it works. People fall in love with the property when they see it. And it's a really emotive thing. But um, you know when you walk into a house – if it has a good vibe, that you're going to like the property more. So putting great furniture, having a rug down, making it feel like a home rather than just somewhere that someone lives with, you know, five rental friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's just one of those things. It builds the emotions and people want to buy the house. So, yes, it definitely does work. Totally, totally. And when we talk property, we try to keep emotion out of it, but – at the same time, we know we're focusing on other people's emotions when we're trying to sell the, the property, aren't yes. we? So it's a, it's a really interesting one. Yes. M- me personally, and Emily, you're probably the same. 
as a as an investor, we w- walk into a home and think, oh, yeah, I can actually do this, this, and this to it. I couldn't care less how it's styled, right? Yes. Because it's just a purely financial thing that's that's non emotionally driven. But when you're you're focusing so much on the owner occupier. It, it's 90% emotion a lot of the time. It's a totally different equation and that's the thing. Um, when we style a property, we are styling it for an owner-occupier, yeah. not for an investor. Mm. And quite often the owner-occupier looks at the furniture and how it's styled and they can see themselves living in the home and that's what we're trying to get at. We want them to picture themselves in the home. Yeah. When it's an investor, they're not going to – it's not going to do the same job as it does for our owner-occupier. So, But it's the owner-occupiers who are going to pop up, you know, build up that price and they're the ones who are going to fall in love with it. And if there is a a bidding war happening, the owner-occupier is going to pay more for it because they love it. And so that's how we get those higher prices through styling because the owner-occupier – feels that they really have to have the house because they want to live in it. Yeah, totally. And, and I think for the for all the property lovers out there, which uh, hopefully all of you are that are listening, we're always thinking about when we buy something, who can we sell it to at the end of the day? Whether it's five years, two years, 10 years, 20 years time, who, what sort of market are we wanting to attract? So that property styling just completes that uh, whole exercise as an investor, doesn't it? And you're yes. an in, a savvy investor yourself, Blender. I know that I because I know you personally. So if I was on a shoestring and I maybe only had, I don't know, $500, 1000 I'm not sure how much it costs to really deck out and style a home, but if I only had a s- small amount of money, mm-hmm. what would I focus on? So it's it it's kind of a difficult question to answer in some ways, but easy in others. Um, we would focus on the main living areas and the master bedroom probably to to style. Some people who come to me um, want to do a partial style, and quite often people will have a little bit of their own furniture, and we can use that within the styling. So they'll have a lounge, they'll have a dining table, and they'll have a bed. What I'll do is I'll come in and I'll add the accessories, which is the layering on top of that that makes it what it is. Right. And so it's the artwork and rugs and cushions it's the scheme of the colors that we can tie together to make it um, appeal to more buyers and we also focus on decluttering if if someone's living in the home it's a different situation than if it's empty Mm. so there's a couple of different scenarios that you'd need to look at whether or not they are living in the house and if they are we tell them to take everything personal out we declutter the house completely we reorganize the furniture quite often as well and so it's about where the furniture is placed and how much you have. So, and if it's empty, I will bring in pieces if I can. But for a shoestring budget, you're not going to get a, a, a styling job done for a thousand dollars. So, okay. if you've got no furniture, it's basically you're going to have to pay a little bit more to get that done. Yeah, done. Partial styling and a thousand dollars is probably for people who already have some of their own furniture yeah. and would like to just make it, you know add some extra lux to it to make it um, appeal to more buyers and, and give it that extra oomph. Yeah, okay. So the $500 might actually be, well, your house is a cluttered mess, hire a storage facility and put some of that in there so that Correct. it actually opens up the house a bit more. Exactly. That's a really valid point. Um, and one thing, I mean, obviously I've been through a lot of property myself, I feel like there's a rule of thumb in the styling industry around what must be in the bedrooms. Can you talk us through when someone walks in a bedroom, like what's the qualifying thing to show that's a full-size bedroom? Yes, wherever you can, 
you put a queen or double size bed into a bedroom because it shows the buyers that you can use it as a double bedroom. And I've just done one this week actually where it was a really small bedroom uh, as a second. So it was a two bedroom apartment. I was initially thinking we would only fit a single bed in there, but when we measured it out, we could actually fit a double bed up against the wall with a side table. And so we actually put it in there and when we photographed it, it looked amazing. And it was so much bigger than we than you anticipate. So um, that's the power of it. When when it's empty, it looks really small and you can't see what you can put in a space. So yes, bedrooms, you should always put a double size bed in if you can so that you can market it as a double bedroom. 100%. And I think there's both sides of the fence here. Obviously, our listeners are both buyers and sellers in, in property. Obviously, this is a real pro for both sides, knowing the insides of styling, you know, the little tricks and tips yes. that help it sell better, but also what to watch out for. If I was a buyer listening to this, I'd be thinking, right, I'm going to keep my eyes open as to what they've put in each room and, and does the space actually, you know, should we be measuring it up? Because sometimes you can make things feel bigger than they actually are. Yes, there are some tricks to the trade. I'm not going to give them all <laughs> Don't away. Give them all away <laughs> but some of the things that we do, we use smaller side tables that don't have drawers in them and things like that so that you see through them so it makes it feel like it's uh, bigger. Okay. Um, some other little tricks of the trade in in the living area are we use, you know, a, a sofa that is lower and we use armchairs rather than a a three-seater and a two-seater to make it feel like it's bigger again. We use glass wherever we can so that the surfaces um, can reflect through or you can see through them like a glass dining table. And I like to use round things as well because they're less harsh and there's no square edges in a dining room so that it feels right. like there's more space there as well. So there's a few little tricks to our yeah. trade and so it's, uh, it's, it is a science. Emily's a detective here today just uh, <laughs> trying to get more and more <laughs> tips and tricks out of you to know what her buyers can steer clear of. Yeah, so uh, that's good. So talk to us about maybe, and you might have answered this a little bit earlier, but the biggest mistakes that you see people make, obviously before you've got your hands on it to style it beautifully, what are, what are commonly people make as a mistake that, uh, that you can overcome easily? Um, I think some of the biggest mistakes are that they leave personal items around the house. So they leave their photos and everything up on the walls of their wedding or their children, you know, and they're just flashed all over the place. So the first thing is you need to depersonalise the space and take out anything that is really polarising to a buyer. People also don't realise that, you know, if you've got feature walls in a house that are quite bright, that can detract from the space as well. And people want to come in and just see a really neutral space so that they can figure out what they want to do with it. So one of the cheapest things that you can do is paint walls. And, you know, for a couple of hundred dollars, you can paint over a you know, the whole room and you've got a whole new space. So um, that's one of the things that people tend not to do. They leave a, a wall that's really bright. I actually styled a house last year and they had a red wall in their daughter's room. They had a blue wall in their son's room. Their dining room and their living area had a really bright blue as well, like a coastal theme. And they loved it, you know, and the agent came through and said, you really need to get rid of the feature walls. So I actually um, went in and with my partner, we went in and we painted over the walls for them because they didn't want to do it. It was not their thing. They're not into renovating. They'd lived in the house for 10 years. They built it and it was their kind of their little baby and they they weren't offended by it, but they were like, oh, I just don't know what to do. And I said, 
great, leave it with me. So we went in, we painted over the walls, we took them back to neutral and this was a partial style as well. We used a lot of their own furniture um, and I just went in and added some accessories and initially they had their home um, appraised at 480,000. They spent about $1,600 roughly on um, painting, updating and styling and they achieved five hundred and twenty-two thousand. So they got forty-two thousand extra right. than what they were anticipating, simply by painting over some walls to minimise the the you know the look of the house and and um, neutralise it. Yeah. And then with some styling, and we decluttered completely. So they had two kids. Awesome. They had lots of toys everywhere. So we took all of that out and. That return on their investment. So from sixteen hundred dollars, they achieved forty two thousand dollar uplift to mm. the price of their home. They were stoked. Yeah, that's an awesome mm. outcome, really. Yeah, and, and yeah. Because I think when I thought property styling five years ago, I thought, well, that's for the rich and famous. They'll come in and they'll they'll put the expensive items in, and and instead of getting eight million, they'll get nine million and uh, live happily ever after. Um, it, it's so so important to to spruce up your the item that you're selling, whether it's a car or a home or anything else. You, you've got to make it look good, don't you? And and yes. um, when you you've just given us that example, but I suppose for the listeners, what sort of return on on investment expectations can they provide? And and maybe some other examples that you've got because it's not only the dollar four eighty has gone to five twenty two. But it's the time that it takes to sell because of the interest mm. in the home because of the way we've styled it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. That particular example actually sold within a week as well. Right. So that reduced their time on the market. They'd already bought a property. They wanted to change suburbs to go to a different suburb and they'd already purchased. So they really needed to sell quickly to make sure that they could make that work. Yep. And to sell within a week, they were absolutely, um, you know, over the moon. Awesome. So, yeah. But you're right. Um, it reduces the time on market, but the, the to answer your other question about the return on investment, quite often you will see an increase of between seven and seventeen percent on your sale price. So, nice. and when you extrapolate that back out to for all the number nerds, um, your investment is somewhere between you know sometimes one thousand to five thousand yep. dollars. Um, so if you're putting one thousand in and you're getting ten thousand dollars back on on the price of your property Mm. that's a pretty significant return on your investment Um, and if you're looking at some properties where you're getting you know 40 to 50 thousand dollars back on a three or four thousand dollar investment the percentages are huge it's massive because when we when we're talking renovation cosmetic or, or or structural we always used to work on a, a one to three dollar ratio. So we, yes. we spend one and we get three back. Like here we're talking one to twenty, one to thirty in exactly. some cases. So that's a massive outcome for if we're talking one to five K, would you say that's a standard spend on a on a property? Yeah, that's ninety nine percent of my business is between the one and five thousand. Wow. Um I I don't do too many prestige properties at this point in time, simply because in that prestige market, you've quite often got people who are staying in the property until they've sold and they've got a lot of their own furniture and it's already it's really good. nice yeah. anyway. So, you know, you don't get too many prestige properties where they're empty at the moment. Um, sure. So, yeah. 
Okay, cool. I have a question because um, obviously, as we discussed, styling is very heavy in, in the selling market, in the buying market, but there's also another market I noticed that you work in, and that's actually to do with fitting out Airbnbs. Now, I know this is not all our listeners don't have an Airbnb property. I understand that, but they probably go to an Airbnb and some of them may have been starred by a stylist. So what is that process? Why do people come to someone like yourself to deck out their Airbnb investment? Yeah, look, to deck out an Airbnb is a different kind of area for me. And what I'm seeing is that it's for owners who don't live in the area and they want someone to come in and make their property more appealing. And an Airbnb, the success of it comes down to how it's styled and what it looks like on the photos. It's just as important. And we're seeing that owners are really valuing the um, the photographs and the marketing campaign of their property to get the best bang for their buck. And the properties that are doing really well on Airbnb are the ones that have been styled because people want to go and stay in that property. So what I do is I work with the owner to get access to the property. I'll go and um, have a look. I can do all the sourcing of the furniture for them. Um, I go in and set it up for them and I just charge a fee on top of whatever the cost of the uh, the furniture is for that particular um, property. So Obviously, it's difficult to say, you know, without knowing what the the type of property is, but we can go in and say, right, it's by the beach, we're going to make it a coastal theme, or it's an inner city property, so we're going to make it a bit edgy, you know, make it a warehouse style. So we can look at all different types of options, and we try to make it work for the type of property that it is to make sure that it's going to have that appeal. Because when you go onto Airbnb, if you're going to a country property, you want it to feel cozy, you want it to have a different appeal than if you're going to a beach house to spend the weekend with the girlfriends, you know, hanging out by the beach. So we work on all those sorts of different types of properties and help the owners to increase the appeal of the marketing campaign for their particular property. Yeah, cool. Mm. That's a yeah. that's a great one. Yeah, I'd, I'd never actually even thought of uh, styling an Airbnb, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> the way of the future, isn't it? It is. Yeah. As a property stylist, what would you say are the – obviously you need to have good taste, right? <laughs> I wouldn't be a good property stylist. I'll take that stylist. as a compliment. <laughs> so I, I could see you've got good taste, Belinda, but what what do you think uh, if, if someone's out there listening saying, oh, I'd love that job. I'd love to be a property stylist. I'd love to walk in and and, and uh, transform a home for someone to sell their, their box and dice. What would you say the top traits to become a good property stylist are? Yeah, you've really got to have um, a creative flair. So you've got to know what you're doing in terms of design and there are design elements that we have to or rules that we follow to make it all work. Um, I'm a qualified interior designer so I've done my qualifications to um, become a designer and I actually do interior design work as well. The other important thing is that you need to be really organised and to be a stylist you have to have a fair bit of cash to invest in the stock. So where I live uh, in Newcastle we don't have any places where you can hire the furniture and just add your accessories to it. So I had to invest all my own money into the business to buy the furniture right. at the beginning. So wow. it's it's an in, it's an investment in um, in a lot of stock up front. So totally. it's it's not a something you can just jump in and go. I'm just going to become a property stylist. In places like Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, the bigger cities, they actually have higher companies where they can go and source the big furniture, like the lounges, the dining tables, the beds, and things like that. And they just put their price on top sure. of that. So it's a little bit different for. So there's two different options. 
in terms of the way stylists work. But in smaller markets, you actually have to invest in the furniture yourself. So it's not something that everyone's going to have the cash up front to go and do. So I would suggest go and work. Uh, maybe do some experience with um, an existing business, see if you like it, get into um, do some work experience even, see if you like it and then, you know, maybe do your qualifications and, um, yeah, that's that's what I would suggest. Absolutely. Belinda, fantastic stuff. Thank you for for coming on. There's um, there's some great things that I learned today, which I normally do on on each of our podcasts. For those of you listening that want to get in touch with Belinda, um, what areas do you cover? So I work on uh, Newcastle, Lake Macquarie, Central Coast and the Hunter Valley and all the way up to Port Stephens. So my business is called The Colour 8 Home and yeah, I can do interior design, colour consultations and home styling for all of those areas. Cool. So if someone was living in Perth or Brisbane or Melbourne or somewhere that didn't have access to you, um, can they contact you to chat like do you have a service that uh, provides that over the phone or somewhere where you can't be in person yeah look I'm happy to chat with people and I can do phone consultations if they're interested in um, looking for just tips on how to better maximize their return on their investment when they're ready to sell yeah cool excellent all right, thank you for uh, coming on, Belinda. Anything else, Emily, from your end? From my end, I've learnt lots as well. It's been a, a great insight and I'm sure for our listeners they've taken something away from today's episode. So just thank you, really, is yeah. all I have to say. Well, very thank good. you very much for having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely been our pleasure. And and for the listeners out there, jump on our Facebook page um, to give us some topic ideas because like, we've got plenty of topics up our sleeve that we want to roll out, but we want to, to serve as best we can. So if you've got some interesting topics that you want, just uh, throw them on the Facebook page and we'll, we'll, we'll get them up. We can talk about anything, can't we, Emily? Definitely. Anything. There's nothing off limits or actually there probably is, but no, put, put, <laughs> put down whatever you want to hear about. <laughs> That's right. So if you want to hit Emily up, uh, Emily underscore Wallace underscore BA for any buyer's agent work in Melbourne. She is the expert down that way. Uh, and thank you for your support and we'll catch you soon. Sounds like a plan. All right. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property education and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor. This online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.